being with headquarters again, summoned Jesus and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you ask this on your own, or did others tell you about me? Pilate replied, I'm not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priests have handed you over to me. Well, what have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. Pilate asked him, So you are a king? Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Please pray with me. Lord God, we pray that your spirit might fill our hearts this morning. Lord, open our ears, open our minds up, open our hearts that we might receive you. Pray, Lord, that you would give me your words, that I might proclaim them faithfully, and that you might be rightfully in your place in the throne. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Good morning. Please be seated. So good to see you all today. Well, the cool thing about living in Northern California is that we are surrounded by royalty. Right? I mean, what's the name of our sports team? 49ers, yeah. Kings, that's right. (laughs) Absolutely, the Sacramento Kings, our basketball team. Doesn't that sound so regal and majestic? I mean, who could ever defeat the Kings? Uh, That's the sad part, right? The irony of the name is that uh, it sounds great, but when you play, right? Kings are usually over the hill as often when they get enthroned. It's not when they're young, right? And sometimes they play like that. Now, the sad thing is, is I tried to find a prop for today. But do you know where you can find Kings gear in town? I don't. I looked looked in two different stores. I couldn't find a single Kings thing. No, they had 49ers, San Francisco Giants. Dallas Cowboys, Pittsburgh Steelers gear, but no Sacramento Kings gear. What does that say about us? And our, it is basketball season now too, right? And we can't even find Kings gear. We're not very loyal to the King, are we? Wow. Okay, so the Kings, there's been kind of a hubbub the last few years about the Kings, right? What's been going on? Right? Are they going to go? Are they going to stay? And what do they want if they stay? A new stadium. And what does that take, Dan? That's right. Having the kings takes money to support them, doesn't it? They want us to build them a new stadium in which they can reign, hopefully. Right? So increase of taxes, all this kind of stuff, so that they can play their game. So that they can be our sports team. It doesn't come free, right, having a king. 
having a sports team or having a ruler. That's true in sports and it's true in life. So welcome to Christ the King Sunday. Right, that is this day, the last day of the season after Pentecost, right before we jump into the season of Advent, where we remember the kingship of Jesus Christ. Now, let's go back in history, right? Israel. Israel was a nation that God chose to be his special people. People through whom he could reveal himself to the world. Now, do you know why Israel was chosen? No, I don't either, right? <laughs> That's the reality is, is they were not chosen because they were the best, the brightest, you know, had the coolest names. They were chosen because God chose to choose them for no other reason than that. No virtue of their own was what drew them, or God to them to choose them. No, God just chose them because that's what he does. He chooses people. So he and his chosen people walked together. They were a team that was revealing the good news to the world. And God multiplied them. He blessed them. He forgave them. He cared for them, particularly in Egypt, Right, And then he rescued them out of Egypt through the Red Sea, and he took them towards the Promised Land. On that journey, he gave them his law so that, they, so that they might know the way that he desired them to live. And so that the way they lived their lives could point others to him. Then he settled them in the Promised Land and gave them peace. He then gave them prophets, priests, and judges to help them stay on the straight and narrow and to live out a lot the lives of being his faithful people, his chosen people. Now, this is the way they lived for some time. Not necessarily good, but they uh, lived in this under the system God had set up for them. But then a new idea sprung up in their minds. It was kind of like the Christmas fads that take off like around this time of year. Right, you know, like when I was a kid, it was Cabbage Patch Kids. Then it was that Furby creature thing, whatever that was. You know, and I don't even know what it is now. Anybody know? Is it Furby again? Are you kidding me? No way. Oh, man. Furby again. What do you know? The more things change, the more they stay the same. So, yeah, at this very moment, these Christmas fads take off. And what happens with the Christmas fad? Well, they fade away, but what happens during the rush? It's crazy, right? Everyone wants one, don't they? Even people who don't want one want one. <laughs> right? You're just like, oh my gosh, I've got to get one, because everybody wants one of these talking, furry, chirping things, whatever it does. Right? It kind of moves around. Everyone wants one. And like people will sometimes literally kill each other for these things. Right? They just get so fixated on this object that there's nothing else in the world that exists except for Furby. That's what happened to the people of Israel. They heard some advertising. They got, you know, they were there watching, you know, the Brady Bunch. And they saw an ad and said, oh my gosh, this new thing is so cool. We've got to have one. It looked Neat and shiny and hip. It was exactly what they'd always hoped for. Now God, they talked to God about it. And God said, look, you really don't want this new thing. You don't want this new object because it's going to take a lot of money to have it. And to keep it running well. 
But the Israelites, no, they just had to have it. They had to have this new thing, this new toy. Well, God said, be aware that if you get this new toy, it's going to cause some problems with your neighbors, and you might end up fighting with them. And Israel just stomped their feet and said, no, 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 I want it, want it, want it, want it, want it now. And so God let them have it. And what was this new toy Israel wanted so badly? A king, right? A king. They wanted a king. And so Israel got their own king. One for themselves. Wow, isn't that exciting? Came with a crown and shiny robes and a booming voice and kung fu grip. He had everything, right? The king had everything. And what fun that was. This first king, he was a king named Saul. And boy, he looked really kingy. I mean, he was tall, he was handsome, he had a deep, sonorous voice, right? You know, he made the ladies swoon, he made the men want to be him, right? That was Saul. He was the tallest in the nation, he was handsome, and he was a terrible king. Terrible king. Then God chose the next one. He gave them a king named David, and we studied David this summer. And he was really great in the whole Goliath killing, um, the whole Saul respecting, the whole psalm writing. He was awesome at that. But David had a few glaring faults, right? Yeah, adultery, murder, those ones. Um, David's virtue, though, was that he always returned to the Lord. That was the thing that kept David going. That was his one redeeming characteristic, is after all those times he would blow it, he would come back to God and apologize, and God would forgive him. Now, you see, the problem with all of these kings is that everyone is human, right? None of them, none of those human kings were the true king. The reality is, is that things were never going to be right in Israel or anywhere else in the world while the true king was deposed. You see, when the Israelites asked for Saul to be their king, they kicked the true king off the throne. They were really telling God that they didn't want God to rule their lives. Because remember, he was the king of Israel before they elected Saul. He was the king of Israel before David sat on the throne. But as you and I know, we're really terrible at taking God's place, aren't we? I mean, what happens when you put somebody of finite knowledge, limited understanding, passionate judgments that have no real grounding in reality, in the place of an omnipotent, omniscient, um, gentle, faithful, loving God? Do you think things might go south a little bit? Yeah, totally. It's ridiculous. So the result was always failure for these human kings until the true one came back to take his throne. And thus in our gospel passage, Pilate asked Jesus, are you the king of the Jews? Pilate was wondering, are you going to try to displace King Herod or kick out the Romans? Are you going to be king? Are you going to try to seek a throne in Jerusalem? But this is Jesus Christ, the one who is fully God and fully human. 
He wasn't focused on a throne in Jerusalem, was he? No way. He was focused on a heavenly throne. He wasn't satisfied with just ruling one nation. He was going to rule them all. He wanted to take back, in particular, one throne as well. This throne had been overthrown long before King Saul reigned. Jesus Christ wanted to take back the throne of the human heart. Remember, sin had caused our hearts to continually take God off off the throne. That's what it does. Sin deposes God from his rightful place of leadership and authority in our hearts. We put ourselves in place of him. Um, We put ourselves or things or addictions or all these other things on the God's rightful place and the throne in our heart. This was the throne that Jesus Christ wanted to take back. And he knew there was only one way to do it. That's why the two places where Jesus Christ is lifted up and enthroned in the Bible are one at the right hand of the Father in heaven and the other on the cross. Jesus rules from these two places, from the right hand of God and from his place of glory on the cross where he was crucified for the sins of you and me. And there Jesus proved that he was a different king than any king we would ever see. He proved that he was worthy of reigning over our hearts. He was worthy of his position of authority and power and judgment. And our choice, as humans now, is whether to accept his reign. Will we accept him as the ruler of our lives? Will we accept him as the rightful king? There's plenty of usurpers out there, aren't there? There's plenty of things which seek to take that position of authority. And there's many things which we call kings, right? One of them being our basketball team. Do they deserve the title? No, they don't. No one deserves the title of king except for our Lord Jesus Christ. And it is to him that every knee shall bow and tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And so may we immediately do that now as we turn our hearts and our souls and our lives over to our true and rightful King. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you that you are the true King. Lord, and that unlike all the human kings which seek to take so much from us, Lord, You came to give us life and to give it to us abundantly. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you that you offer us, Lord, freedom. You offer us resurrection and hope and redemption. And Lord, all you ask from us, Lord, is our broken lives. Lord, help us to make this exchange. Help us to trust you and to follow you. Lord, our true King and our true Lord. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.